Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today we are talking about nature empaths, what they are, how they're different from the empaths we usually talk about on here. We're going to talk to a very special guest who is a nature empath. So make sure you stay tuned for after my little nature empath talk. And then we're going to have a special interview with a real nature empath. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. And I will actually be doing this interview myself. I'm excited. Yes, you are going to take some, uh, you're going to be going to the spa Yes, during that time. That's what I do. Yeah, you'll be Frequent, no. I frequently spot it during your podcast interviews. Yes, that's what you. Yes, that's what you do. That's um, our life. Anyway, we are on our second episode here from the. I get. I mean, I don't know if this is a haunted house here in Buffalo, but the, the your parents' house here in Buffalo, yeah, which we believe is haunted. Yeah. Uh, last night, your dad had a interesting uh, experience. Yeah. So he this morning when I got up, he's like, "Hey, Megan, were you?" sitting in their recliner in the middle of the night. I'm like, absolutely not. And like the kids definitely weren't. You weren't. Yeah, he asked me if I was in the recliner last night. I said, no. And then he, I guess he apparently asked you the same thing. Yeah, that's the thing around here. Like, And, and I think it's not abnormal for me because I've always kind of grown up in houses with a lot of energy. I don't know why my parents always choose houses that have occupants from the other side in them, but it's true. Like you kind of see things out of the corner of your eye or you feel like you're not alone or you see something and you're like, Hey, wait a second. Was that you at the fridge or was that you in the chair? Or was that you? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's like, okay, you know, uh, moving on. Yeah. So that was, that was weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you had left for a little while last night. I, I mean, I looked over and I felt, and I didn't feel like, like your spot. You and know, I didn't. And the bed's very small. We're, it, we, oh my God. We're in a single bed, by the way. We're in a twin. Oh, we're in a twin. Is it a twin? It feels like a single. It's just a full. It's, it's a, a full. full. It's a full. I You're, always get the mixed up. Yeah, it's, it's small. It's slanted to the right. <laughs> so like you kind of like slant into each other. Um, and then like, <laughs> it's really not comfortable. Um, very uncomfortable. And like we totally love each other, but it was a lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> it was like a lot of closeness. You know, apparently you were sleeping upside down I ended for up most going, of the night. Yeah, yeah. Then I had a bad dream that I had the pee breath again. Oh, honey. Yeah. But then I actually did feel like at one point you were not there. So I maybe, was there all night. Actually, I slept great. Are you sure you didn't astral travel to the recliner? If I astral travel, I really hope I'm going to more interesting places than the recliner right down the hall. But... You never know. Okay. You never know. Well, we've had it. We've been in Buffalo about a week now, a little over a week. Yes. Uh, we we're having a, a good time. Yes. Uh, we met up with the Mystic Michaela spiritual family, some members that live in Buffalo. Our Canadian friends could not join us because the border is still closed. Yeah. But we had about 17 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of fun at Pearl Street uh, Brewery in uh, downtown Buffalo. And it was really good. I brought I bought everyone crystals. You did, and I you brought were, out you. Yes. So you brought like a plethora yes. of assorted crystals. Yes, with little like I don't know scraps of what they mean in each one. Yeah. So I went down to a local crystal shop, mm-hmm. and not really. <laughs> but, just, anyway, they magically appeared. Okay, right. I'm not going to say how I got them. Okay, but I did get them. Yeah, it's a little shady, but um, <laughs> what are you talking about? The crystals. They well, were, you did show up. So we're at this okay. restaurant. All of a sudden, like your pockets are just filled with. I'm yeah. like, what's in your pockets? They're like pebbles, like a little kid, like just filled with yeah. things. And and I look, and you're just like, I have crystals for everyone. Yeah, and it was weird because I, you know, I was meeting some people. And yeah, they might have. Did you feel like just pulled to give them a crystal? Like what? What, what is that feeling? Yeah. So what? You know, after I talked to them a little bit, what I would do is I'd pull a crystal out of my pocket and you know give it to them. Yeah, it was kind of like warm from your pocket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. And you know, it had H. It was, they were all different. There was like red jasper, rose quartz, amethyst. You know, uh, white millet, uh, turquoise. All the all the different. A lot of agates. Agates. Yeah. All these things. I don't even know what they were. Tumbled weed. I don't know. Was tumbled right. stone. I don't know. Who well, knows? they were all tumbled. Yeah, they're all. Tumbled. Yeah, so they make for great bra right. crystals. Yeah. Versus the raw stone, the raw or rough cut stone. You never want to put that in the bra. Right. You want to do the tumbled. The little pro tip. Pro yes. tip. And it was weird. So when I pulled it out and I gave it to the person and it had like the little description, like you said, it was, that was the crystal that was meant for them every single time. Well, except for one time, but every single time, except for once, one person was like, this crystal is not for me. I don't get it. (laughs) They like called it out. Yeah. They didn't, it didn't fit them, but every other crystal. When the person got it, they were like, oh, that's the one I needed. Yes. Like this, oh my God, that makes so much sense that's when they the read thing. the description. Yeah, like when you get a crystal, you just automatically, you're like, this one was for me. It was meant for me. Right. You just felt that that pull. And, you know, some people, it was their first crystal. Mm. Like the first time they ever had a crystal. Yes. And that's a really magical experience. Like you really I, felt I, I proud learned. of yourself that you yeah. were the first giver of the first crystal. Yeah, you never forget your first crystal. And I the mean, person that gave it to and you. And the person that gave it to you. Yeah. Every time you handed out a crystal to you, did this kind of like flare I did. arm movement thing. Like, yeah, kind of like swung like it a around ma- a little. Like a magician kind of like, and here you go. And yeah. it just like appeared. Well, that's when I was like going into the pocket to try to get the right one. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was really, I mean, I think people were happy. But I, w- I have to, on a more serious note, yes. even though the crystal thing was fun. Um, I think whenever the Mystic Michaela spiritual family gets together in person, I always hear the same thing. And it's that, wow, I feel like I've known this person, these people my whole life. A lot of people come alone and then what happens is they leave with everyone's number and, you know, you listen to the conversations that they're having and it's not just about like the weather or where'd you get that shirt? It's really about, and it's not awkward silence. Like they're talking about their relationships. They're talking about the stuff that's weighing on them. They're talking about the things that are, you know, heavy on their hearts right now. And it's just such validation to me that we're building this community, all of us here, of a soul family and our souls just are, oh my gosh, it's like they've been thirsty for this kind of connection. And, you know, I was like crying when we left the restaurant. Finally, we had to leave and we were, it was last call and we were, I was like crying. I'm like, oh my God, like everyone's just so beautiful. I was like, everyone's so beautiful. I didn't even know how to handle it. It was. Yeah, it it was amazing. Really? Um, Everyone's going to hopefully be down there when we have the big one in Florida. Hopefully all don't come there. Everyone wants to come. Uh, no, it really was. I actually did a red rant for them because, you know, the, you know, they were on the podcast. I do the red rant. Yes. And they wanted to see one live. You know, they really asked for it. They said, could you do a red rant? Oh, you know, I wasn't no, there I don't on think that they corner did, of the table. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I just did one on my own. But uh, <laughs> so the topic I read ranted on a cocky records. What are those things? Those cocky record thingies. Oh, the cocky records. Scott. Yeah. So I did a red rant on those. Oh, stop. Yeah. I, I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's like Ashkabaki you records. You got to stop. You got to get over it with yeah, those. Yeah. Uh, but they thought it was really funny. That is they, funny. They felt you like, are funny. They felt like they were on the podcast while I did it. Okay. Um. So. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I actually, yeah, it was good. You know, it was a good time. Yeah. But uh, we, the, basically, the other things that we've done since we've been here is we just eat. We eat a lot. Yeah, when you, when you go to Buffalo, you eat a lot. A lot of wings. I, yeah, I've gained actually 13 pounds <laughs> I've gained in like seven, seven and a half. Seven, okay, so 20 together. That's not terrible right, for Buffalo. Too bad. Yeah. I mean, Paula's Donuts. Like, Ugh. oh my God, there's this donut place here, you guys. It is like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad I, in a way, maybe it's good I don't live here because like I would, I want one right now. Me too. And the Tim Hortons, like we don't have Tim Hortons in Florida. Why don't we have Tim Hortons in Florida? We should, we should open one. Uh, I don't think anybody would get it, you no. know? No, they wouldn't get it. They there. wouldn't get it. It's like they wouldn't get it. They'd be like, we don't get it. Like, get it. I miss it so much. Like, 
I want it all the time. It's a, I'm going to have, I'm going to be detoxing. I'm going to be coming down from this on the ride home. You are not going to want to be next to me. Yeah. I mean, I haven't eaten anything that's not fried in a week. <laughs> so I've had like, chicken finger sub. It's a lot of fried food. I've had chicken wings. <laughs> we went to Duff's. We had uh, two of our incredible listeners, Alex and, and Hannah, gave us a gift card to Duff's. So yeah. We went there. Duff's has great wings. Uh, these are not ads, by the way, for any of these no. restaurants. Um, <laughs> we, you know, Capelli's in, in Orchard Park we've been to. Oh all, all of our places that we used to go when yeah. we used to live here. So you want to get it all and, in, like everything. Yeah. And, and re- literally, I've got like not, Ted's Hot Dogs. Ted's Hot Dogs. I've been drinking like Loganberry. Nobody knows what no, that is unless no. you live here. Louis, I know, Louis Hot Dogs. Anderson's. Okay, we got to yeah. stop. It's yeah. like people that don't live here are like, this is boring. But like, it's right. you know, like when you go home and you haven't been there in a while, you're like, give me all the food. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, I need to eat something green. Like okay. my body is craving like a vegetable. I know. I mean, I've had a lot of celery because the celery comes with the blue cheese. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But other than celery, I don't think I've had any vegetables. All right. I'll have to but... make you something <laughs> healthy. All right. So we have a few ads and then you're going to go into your nature and nature and path uh, talk. Yes. And after that, I have this incredible interview. Please stick around for it. I know usually if Mr. Michaela leaves, everyone runs out the door. No. They don't want to listen to the rest of the podcast. But please listen to this, listen to this interview. Well, I think... Also, the blues and the indigos are going to like this person because there's a lot of talk about personifying objects too. So it's it's really something to listen to. But first, so excited. We have a brand new sponsor. Girlfriend Collective is a new sponsor for us, which I'm so excited about because you know what? You don't always just want to look good. You want to feel like you're doing something good too. I love when companies pay attention to, I guess, their conscience Girlfriend Collective, use they use recycled materials. They have ethical manufacturing. They have inclusive sizing, which is so wonderful and refreshing. And they give back. It's just a really wonderful kind of company to support. Girlfriend Collective is it's sustainable, ethically made activewear for everyone. It fits so comfortable. It feels so good. I could live in this stuff, I'm telling you. They make cute and comfortable bras, leggings, shorts, tanks, tees, swimsuits, and more. I love their leggings and their sizing is inclusive, ranging from extra small to 6XL. Whether you're working out, running errands, or doing absolutely nothing at all, you can look super cute in Girlfriend Collective because it has functional fabrics, colors, and styles for any activity. Their best-selling leggings are squat-proof, okay? Nobody's going to get any free shows if they're watching from behind that squat. They come with pockets, and they have different levels of support, whether you need compression or comfort. They use recycled materials to make their clothing, and their shipping is 100% recyclable. I mean, it's just the ethics are there. And Girlfriend Collective also has a garment take-back program called Regirlfriend. So once you're done loving your pieces, a long time from now, of course, you can send them back to be upcycled into new girlfriend gear. So join the collective today. So excited because listeners of our show, Know Your Aura, Girlfriend Collective is offering you $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash KYA. That's $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash KYA. That's girl girlfriend.com slash KYA. Were you thinking the same thing when I said no free shows behind the squat? Yes. I was thinking about that girl at the yes. gym that you, <laughs> yes. always put, that you always point out that you could, yes. she wears like, what is it, like sheer white oh leggings God, or whatever those are? There's this girl at our Y, MCA yeah. in, in Boynton, and listen, all, she's super purple and all power to her. And I, I love it. I enjoy it. I'm like, you, what are you wearing today, girl? Okay. No, really. Cause she, yeah. But everything she wears 
it's like that cheapy kind of she probably pays a lot for it but the fabric looks so cheap and every time and she wears white and every time she does a squat like you see like everything like i feel like we're at the obgyn with her when she's like doing these squats i mean she is and she doesn't care she's like right in front of you and all (laughs) and all of you all of you in the gym are like look at look at oh my god who's gonna say something and i'm like let her be yeah let her be her purple self all right let her do it but you're not gonna have that free show with girlfriend collective that's for sure (laughs) they are modest in that way the way that i prefer all right but we have to talk about she's birdie one of my most favorite things that i get to talk about on here because it empowers women to feel confident to go do things alone how many times do you think i mean it's really an afterthought for a lot of us women like oh i shouldn't go here alone or i can't do this or who's gonna walk with me or whatever you know it's stressful to be a woman sometimes and worry about your own safety well she's birdie is here for you whether it's taking a walk around your neighborhood running errands or venturing out on your own you always want to feel safe with birdie you can keep doing what you love with added peace of mind birdie is a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and simple to use when you activate your birdie with one quick pull the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. Unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, Birdie is no danger to you. Feel confident to use it without the worry. Birdie goes wherever you go. The alarm comes in multiple colors and has a brass keychain, so you can attach it to your keys or bag. It's actually really cute, and it looks just kind of really nice hanging from my purse. That's where I keep it. Over 300,000 birdie alarms have been sold and they have thousands of five-star reviews. Join the flock today for a safer tomorrow. So right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash KYA. Make such a great gift for your girlfriends too. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash K-Y-A for 15% off your first purchase. That's she'sbirdie.com slash K-Y-A. Yes, and I've been wearing mine around the house just in case any ghosts pop up on me. Yeah. I pull it. That's really smart. Yeah, and I've, I've already used it twice. Yeah, it scares, scares your haunted house ghosts. It definitely does. That's good. Yes. And peace of mind, so essential, I feel like, to all our spiritual well-being, our mental well-being. Well, Upstart can help you with that. Are you carrying a credit card balance month after month after month? Well, you're not the only one. High interest rates make it hard to pay off your debt, but Upstart can help join the thousands of happy borrowers who made that final payment. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So find out how Upstart can help lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash KYA. That's upstart.com slash KYA. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you and we appreciate that. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash KYA. All righty. All right. So let's hear about nature empaths. And then again, after that, a special <laughs> interview, a few people actually DM'd me on while you were doing the commercials. Oh. 
and they asked why isn't your guest in the green room? Oh, and that's because we're off on we're on a different location. Different location. Yeah, our green room is actually right now under renovations. Mm. We are still trying to get those quotes off the walls that Rachel Kona put. Oh, that's there. right. And so right now we don't have a green room. My my guest actually right now is doing a lot of laundry. He's okay. doing one piece at a time. Yes. So all right, let's do it. I'm here in Buffalo, New York, um, staying with my parents, and it made me think of something because of my dad. My dad has a green and blue, very deep blue, almost indigo aura, and he's a nature empath. You could also call them an earth empath. And I read so many people who are connected to their empath abilities through the earth, so I thought it would be a really good time to deep dive on nature empaths. So my dad, he's always had like a lot of patience for plants and processes and the science behind things and and animals and always a lot of, I don't know, interest in how little things, how a little thing grows or gets better, nurturing something. And, you know, he, he taught me about that kind of quiet voice that nature has for us, that the earth has and listening to it. I will see nature empaths as people who are not like stereotypical empaths. A lot of time in social media and even on here, we tend to focus more on emotional empaths, which are people who directly are affected and feel um, the feelings of other people as their own and will change their behavior because of it. Those are like emotional empaths. So if you feel somebody's in a bad mood, you pick that up immediately. There's also something called pain body empaths. And these are people who will pick up actual, I guess, like hardcore issues that people have. If somebody struggled with addiction or disorders or mental health or abuse, you can pick that up on somebody. Um, I also talk about mic drop empaths, which is my term for people who listen, they feel something really strong and they just blurt it out. They just have to say it. They're like, blah, 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 blah. This is what I get. I don't like your boyfriend. I don't think you should go out tonight. I just, they get uh, an intuitive feeling, a truth. They pick up from something and they mic drop it. Um, Physical empaths, these are people who actually feel the pain of other people in their own bodies. This will happen when I do readings. I just call it my shadow pain. Until I figured out I could do this, I was kind of detrimental to my health in a way. And a lot of you physical empaths, you will pick up things from your coworkers, from family members, and you'll think it's you having issues. And what it is, is it's truly you picking up a message from another person in the form of a physical ailment. So it's something, I could do a whole episode on that too, physical empaths. And then finally, nature empaths or earth empaths. Now these are people, they feel other people's feelings, they sure do, but it's mostly really the things that connect to them or the feelings that connect to them. It's feeling the feelings of the earth and the plants and nature and God's creatures, like animals or insects or things like that, the interconnectivity. Nature or earth empaths are people who feel just a strong connection to nature, the universe, the flow of it all, and the interconnectedness within all living things have to one another, and just the relationship with themselves within it. Um, Sometimes people who don't feel like they're a regular empath, like I said, like an emotional empath or whatever, they'll relate more to this. So maybe you're somebody like this, maybe you know someone like this and you can help alert them to this special, more contemplative, kind of subtle, nuanced empath ability. 
these types of empaths, even though they feel others' feelings and they totally have empathy, they're usually not as tuned in to the emotions of others as much as the emotion of the earth or nature or the magnetic power of the universe. That's the channel which they subscribe to and they kind of stay there. They can live there. They can be totally happy there. Sometimes they don't feel as connected to other people as they do like their plants, nature, the earth, their garden, water, their animals, their pets. It doesn't mean they aren't empaths. It just means that they're nature empaths. You know, there's the ego. We talk a lot about the ego on here. The ego is the human part of us that wants us to stay the same, that wants us to not grow or change or connect to that voice within us uh, of spirit, of the universe, of our higher self. And there's a collective ego. So that's like society really supports the collective ego of turning off that interconnectedness that is natural to us to the earth so there is this collective ego power that is the part of us that wants us to not remember that we came from the earth we're part of the earth we're part of nature we're part of the universe's cycles it likes us to shut that off and i feel like there's a lot more nature empaths than are being nurtured because our society and the collective ego that kind of runs it is more concerned with your phone or the latest and greatest you know this or the latest and greatest that and it keeps you away from listening to those bigger, more universal voices that um, are necessary, especially for nature empaths, to feel connected, to feel authentic, to feel spiritual. Every aura color connects to the earth in different ways, which I will explain throughout. Um, Even if you're not a total nature person or an earth empath, you need the earth and you can feel connected to the earth as a way to heighten your own spirituality and as a way to commune with spirit and self, as a way to cleanse your aura, as a way to feel better. I mean, we all, we, every single one of us as humans, as part, as animals, really, as part of this whole world, a nature walk helps us. You know, sitting out in the sun is good for us. These kind of things make us feel good. But every aura color kind of connects to nature in a, in a certain way. So I'm going to go through how each aura color connects. And then I'm going to go through um, more specifically how an earth or a nature empath, I'll use those two words interchangeably, uh, how, how they work and then how to heighten those powers be it you are a nature empath or you're not. Okay, first, purples. We have astrology with purples. You know, they're into kind of just more of like the woo-woo nature stuff, moon cycles, crystals. They can associate themselves with like the creative forces of the earth, um, divine femininity, creating with the earth, such as artistic endeavors with natural materials, uh, creating spiritual spaces outdoors for meditation or contemplation, and the overall connection to mysticism within nature. So like, for example, a lot of Wiccan practices can really excite the purple auras. I mean, but again, any aura color can connect to that. It's just, you know, they're, oh, wow, I can use nature to kind of enhance this feeling or or help myself with this or whatever. Uh, nature for purples is like a goddess type connection. And I'll see purples really wanting to get into it using their whole body, really throwing themselves into it some somehow. 
blues. And, you know, blues and indigos, it's a little interchangeable, but blues do like quiet places. They do like creating places around their own environment and their yard for like birds or other animals to feel safe. If anybody's going to have a squirrel feeder, it's the blue. It's the blue person. Okay. I've been seeing these little, these little squirrel. I, I feel like this came out of COVID or something, or maybe they've always been around, but now they're popular. Um, these little squirrel sized picnic benches and you, and you can watch the squirrel sit on the bench and eat and it's just so cute and that's a blue person thing you know they like other animals to feel safe they like their yard their environment to feel like a haven for nature they like to recreate the solace and sanctity of the world they would like to live in for like others in their outdoor environments so also like little herb gardens little succulents things of that nature they're into you know hanging plants like whatever it is to bring that kind of feeling of safety and security and calmness around them uh, from the earth to them. Indigos are like this too. However, like they're, I can see indigos. They tend to be the ones who get actually super familiar with their plants, like naming them, personifying them, creating relationships with them individually. Okay. They enjoy solitude from other people. Um, Hey, a what? Like you're not in a Wi-Fi zone. They're super happy. Indigos tend to really not do well with the interference of technology in their environments. I don't know if it's an indigo thing. Actually, I, I believe it's an indigo thing. I think we all benefit from that. But like personally as an indigo, I love going to places where the Wi-Fi doesn't work, where my cell phone doesn't work, where there's no service. I feel healthier. Um, indigos tend to pick up and absorb those magnetic poles of technology more and it can interfere with our sleep patterns and our ability to focus and concentrate and whatnot. So no Wi-Fi, no problem for the indigos. Um, they love the excuse not to connect with technology or others. And indigos, again, all of us love this, but indigos especially, I will see just this need, this craving for salt water, uh, like oceans, lakes. I mean, honestly, whatever, they just crave it. Uh, yellows, yellows. They love the practicality of nature. I see yellows who just absolutely love to garden. They're wonderful landscapers. They can make a yard look super welcoming, inviting for others. They're super knowledgeable usually about what's in their yard and what it's good for and what its uses are. They, that, that's why yellows do real, real well with green people. They, they love flowers. They love keeping in track of what season kind of, yeah, okay, the bulbs, they store them and they put them back. I don't know who does that. I don't do that, okay? Like the people that take their bulbs out and store them and put the bulbs back in. They feel connected to creating indoor, outdoor living spaces and they just love light in the house. Light in the house is really necessary for them. They really love sunlight and open spaces to bring it in from the outside in. Greens, I mean, I'm going to be talking about green people a lot because they tend to really align with the nature empath thing. But greens are a lot like yellows, but they can be less concerned with the aesthetics than yellows can and focus mostly on the practicality. So they both they both will like love a, you know, a, a, a vegetable garden, but the yellows have it real nicely labeled and rowed off. Where the greens, it's they're more concerned with how it's working efficiently than than what it looks like. For example, both colors may have an, a compost pile, you know, like, but, but different reasons. A yellow likes it because it's not wasteful and a green likes it because of, you know, the science behind how it works and what it's going to do for, for it. Greens love plants. They love being a part of it. They think like nature. That's the other thing. Green people think like nature. So I'll see them act the same as nature does. And I'll get into that more 
as we go along here about nature empaths, but greens tend to have a mentality the same as the earth's vibration. It is what it is, kind of overall objective perspective about things. They don't always have the outward human emotions about things. They'll just look at the circle of life and understand it as necessary or scientific or whatever. And and therefore, it's not so sad. It's just how things go. They like to look at their own place within it. This is... This is why greens are so important to society because they can see a problem. For example, like these wildfires that and, and the extreme heat and how we connect it to climate change. And, you know, for me, it's very upsetting. I get very upset about it. I get very emotional. It's hard for me to watch the news about it. It's hard for me to think about what we're doing to ourselves on this planet. It, it's hard for me to understand that. Green people can look at that and see it. And yeah, they, but they don't turn away from it. You know, they're like, okay, let's look at the science behind it. Let's see how, let's see some solutions. Let me try to understand it. And we need people like that because the emotions, emotions can get in the way of progress sometimes. So green people can think kind of just like, this is what's happening and this is what's going to continue to happen. So they have a science brain and they will apply that to the nature. So a lot of green people who have that scientific mindset, it's really them demonstrating their earth empath ability. Red people, red people love being outdoors. You know, they like getting fit. They like getting dirty in it. They enjoy playing outside in some way. They like doing things in good weather. Red people, and I'll talk about this, can have a lot of seasonal affective disorder, which we will talk about coming up. Um, They love to have control over everything. So a bad weather day can just really bum them out. So reds kind of tend to need good weather. Pink people, you know, pinks do get the reputation of being, I guess, like, they're into nature if it's kind of Instagrammy looking. It's like, oh, look at this resort with the white sand and I'm in nature. They're, they're not super great about getting dirty. They're, they're, it's not that they're so prissy. It's just that they kind of like the idea of things and, and to have, like, a vision of what it is versus the nitty-gritty of it. They like they like kind of a vision, like, okay, if I'm going to do a beach day, these are all the accoutrement I'm going to have with me. These are all my accessories. We're going to have a picnic. They like a moment. They like to create a moment out of it. Uh, as kids, sometimes I'll see the pink kids. They're the ones that have like those weird, like, I don't like grass on my feet or I don't like the feeling of sand on my legs. Like sometimes those are pink kids a bit. Uh, you know, they'll like it in theory and they'll enjoy, a, they'll enjoy a total moment. But if it gets too much, they'll retreat. Now, purples can be like this too. If you're like, that's me, am I pink? Well, you might be purple because that's also a purple thing. Turquoises. I mean, turquoises love to get their hands in that dirt. They love to get dirty. They're gardening, I mean crystals, anything that has to do with basically absorbing the earth's minerals. They love a salt room, being in the presence of minerals, hiking around geological formations. Um, They love to like feel the earth's essence because they're really vibration people. They love to immerse themselves in a vibration. Turquoise kids, I mean, they love like fairy gardens. I think turquoise adults try a fairy garden. You know, like there's just something about it like what you know, maybe it is real or butterfly garden or whatever. Like put it out there, make it beautiful, make a crystal grid outside in the sun. You know, they like all that kind of just immersing themselves in nature. Okay. So now I'm getting into signs that you're an earth empath and nature empath. First things first, a big sign, a huge sign is that your body reacts to its environment. So if you think about animals, 
and how they tend to change with the seasons and they just kind of know when to migrate or they know when to hibernate or they know when to do this or that. Earth empaths are very sensitive to those pulls and drives. So you can find yourself very reactive to these outside earth influences uh, telling you what to do. And it's a quiet yet very nagging voice. So the constant distraction from it can be very detrimental to an earth empath's inner connection and inner well-being. Um, another, you know, being in a crowded city for earth empaths can be extremely unbearable. Noise pollution is something they can't quite shut out. The weather is something which you attune yourself to. So I, another thing I see with earth empaths is because you're so... You need to understand what your body is going to do today or you get they get very into the weather. And nowadays it's kind of like weather apps. So they might have a few on their phone or they just like check it all the time or like what time it's going to do at 2 p.m. What's it going to do at 3 p.m.? But also if you can remember other people in your life, maybe before phones and weather apps, they had their own ways of gauging the daily weather and the patterns in general. I remember my grandfather would, I don't know, he had like rain collection things and he would write down, who knows what he was recording all this info for but like you know seriously they notebooks they some people do this like write down notebooks this is the temperature this month this was the average temperature kind of taking their own patterns down and on analyzing them earth empaths love to know about the cycles of weather and they kind of ground themselves within it and then they tend to pick up a project like okay i plant around you know i plant this thing around this time or I do this activity at this time. And they, they do adapt to where they are and they like to know as much about it as possible. So earth empaths, yeah, their body is very reactive to its environment. So they're very, when when allowed to be or when they let themselves do it, it's very healthy for them to learn as much about it as they can. Another sign of being an earth empath is like a fascination for nature facts. You know, you ever know someone, they have all these random nature facts. Again, I see this with a lot of green people, but this isn't limited to just green people, the the nature empath thing. It's more that they're just more interested in the science and the ways things work around them. So they love to tell you about just random things. You know, this bug does this or this bird does that or whatever. The sounds of nature, very soothing to them. They enjoy the sounds. They like to hear water trickling. They may have fountains in their homes. They like to keep the windows open during a storm. Uh, They're fascinated by the little processes of things, the way a spider creates a web. They can get lost in understanding that. They end up researching it. They find themselves wanting to know the names for things, like the birds, the insects, the plants around them. They can't just go out like I do and just be like, that's a tree. That's another tree. Like they need to know, okay, what kind of tree is that? When does it flower? What does it need to be fed? You know, what, where, where is it indigenous to? Um, they want to know what's growing in their environment, how it grows and how it interacts with the environment. Even when on vacations or out and about, if they see something, they get very interested in these very sm- seemingly small yet, you know, there's, there's a whole macrocosm in the little things. You know, especially going on vacation with somebody who's an earth empath or, or hiking, or they can get fascinated. Look at this. Wow. Look at this plant. Look at that bird. What is that? What's that called? I need to know. That's a big earth empath sign. I will also see earth empaths super into the stars, the placement of them. They will be the ones looking up in the sky, very aware of what the moon is doing tonight. I mean, more scientific than the spiritual way. Like I am like, oh, it's a full moon. You know, it's released. Like more more, more scientific about it. Um, 
a lot of us like to be into astrology or the stars or the moon, but nature empaths, they get downright like nature facts about it. They have the telescope out. They point to the specific stars. They have the app on their phone. You, I don't know if you ever try it. It's a great app. You hold it up to the sky. It tells you what everything is, but they really want to learn a lot about it um, and, and know things on their own. So more of like a studious nature towards these things rather than just, a, oh, that's cool nature. Like I have more of like a, how does this go? Questions, a lot of questions. Weather changes. Okay. Another sign of being a, well, a nature empath is seasonal affective disorder. I mean, it's something we haven't talked a lot about on here on this podcast, on the Facebook page I know we have, but man, it's a thing. I see a lot of us suffering from it, a lot of empaths suffering from it. But with nature empaths, it can be, it can be a little different. Um, some nature empaths, and it depends. Don't some of them don't care so much. Rainy, snowy, hot, cloudy—it's all a good day. They tend not to get stuck in the control of it. They just like to align with it. Okay, this is what I'm wearing. This is what I'm doing, and they just like move forward. And it's like mind over matter. I'm not going to let it stop me. We're just moving on today. I got things to do. I will see this usually with off the grid greens. I don't know if I've talked about them. It's green people who like like to live off the grid. You watch those shows like Alone or um, those survival shows when they're alone, or you know, I don't know, Life Below Zero. If you ever watch that, on a, I don't know, they're in Alaska and they just live in the middle of nowhere by themselves. Like it doesn't matter what the weather is; they're doing what they're doing. It's not stopping them. And they have days where it's all lights or all dark, and they just you know they're fine. But then. If you're not that type of person, I will see a lot of nature empaths having not a good day during the months where the days are shorter and the weather isn't good and not sunny. Um, And again, I will, of course, see blues and indigos being a little bit more vitamin D dependent and deficient during the hard times of weather patterns. I think the big thing is with seasonal affective disorder, and it is a real thing and you you need to kind of seek help sometimes if you can't get over it yourself. Um, what I find, how I, how I see it in nature empaths is if you don't throw yourself out there no matter what, if you're not like, I'm going on my hike, I'm going on my walk, I'm just going to do it. It makes it worse for nature empaths. It can create this feeling of loneliness or disconnect to the earth and its life force, especially when it's wintertime and everything's kind of dead seemingly and you just feel you're not feeling the earth singing to you or the earth's vibration coming at you. You need to seek it out. So the solution for a lot of this is to get out there no matter what, to do things in every season which interacts with the earth and its cycles, even when it's difficult, kind of just training yourself to make yourself go out there even when it is freezing or rainy or sleety or whatever. Um, It's hard to do and you're talking to the wrong person because I moved to Florida because it was so bad. I moved to Florida, but... I just see a lot of earth empaths who are doing okay during those times of year also are the ones that are active outside no matter what. So that's how I see seasonal affective disorder. I think that there is a bit of a solution sometimes, not all the time, you know, because help is important to get, seek out. But I think that a lot of it might, can take the edge off if you force yourself to go out. They also have a different view of time. This is another sign of being an earth or a nature empath, a different view of time. You know, for example, the time change, it can stress out some people, um, the time change, you know, what is it? Fall back, spring forward. 
But Nature Amp has seemed to be a little bit better about it. Uh, they also tend not to like schedule in general, or they'll change their schedule depending on the pattern of the season. They're more like animals that way. Uh, you know, I have this one client, she's in Alaska, and that part where there is darkness or light for months for a time. And she just like eats and sleeps when she wants to. So there's no such thing as like a breakfast, lunch or dinner time. It's just when I'm hungry and when I'm tired, I do the things I do. This is what the animals do. The way humans view time isn't consistent with the way the earth communicates time. And two different things, you know, we're, it's all relative to us because our egos make us feel like, oh, it's the only way, only thing, you know, our 24 hour clock, we do have a circadian rhythm. It is a thing, but nature empaths can sense a different space and setting of time and they can attune to it and, and they can kind of view space and time as different than the rest of us. So they might just have kind of odd habits about sleeping, eating, getting up, going to bed, whatever it is. They might just have like an odd an odd way or a different way of dealing with time. And it's usually a seasonal change. Empaths do tend to go more into hibernation, um, but nature empaths don't have that happening as much. I remember I used to go in hibernation, and I think a lot of us do, in the winter months. It's just, mm, let's just stay home. <laughs> let's just stay home and we'll see you all in the spring. Another sign of being an earth empath is natural disaster premonitions. You know, birds, animals, your cats, like they know when there's going to be something coming. They know, you know, when a hurricane is on its way, I don't have to listen to the weather. I can look at my cat. Like he's freaking out. He's not doing well. Earth empaths feel the same premonitions about these things. It's something that used to be listened to by society. It used to be curated. It used to be nurtured by society, but now it's not. I mean, these are things, you know, if you have a feeling you are looked at now, it's crazy, but it's not crazy. Okay. People used to listen to the earth empaths and heed their warnings about what the winters were going to be like, what the earth was going to do next in terms of wild weather. Earth empaths still have this ability. It just needs to be awakened. So if this sounds like you, and and I think a lot of us are like, ooh, it smells like rain, or it feels like, I don't know, it feels like tomorrow's going to be hot or whatever. Listen to it. We talked about in the premonitions episode, uh, several episodes back, about people who knew something bad was going to happen to a loved one. And we discussed how... It's a psychic bond. You know, you you have a psychic bond with somebody else. And also a lot of us have the ability to speak to other people's people's higher selves. So if somebody is going to die soon, sometimes their higher self can tell you that even if their own self doesn't know it yet. So you get a premonition that, okay, Aunt Sally is going to die. I just have this feeling. And then she does. And it's really just, you just felt it coming. It's the same with the earth empaths. They can pick up on the magnetic fields of the earth, the feeling of what's coming, this unsettled feeling in the air. You know, we don't have machines for everything, earthquakes, fires, this and that. Sometimes things just happen and we don't have the scientific tools to measure it yet, but you have a tool within you. And it used to be something that was so paid attention to, and now it's not. So our earth empath kids and our earth empath selves, it's time to be like, hey, listen to that. What what do you think it's going to be like tomorrow? What are you feeling? Living down in Florida um, around my first hurricane, I mean, this is an extreme example, and I bet a lot of people can feel this because a hurricane is such a crazy energy to pick up on. It was like a crackling, an energy, a feeling of impending something coming at you. And... 
I wonder if a lot of you can feel that, you know, and, and that's kind of what it feels like, but there's a quieter voice for different, different disasters, different premonitions, and I don't have them myself, but I know a lot of people do, and wouldn't it be something if we could listen to that a little bit more, because the earth does speak to earth empaths. Another way you know you're a nature empath is you just, you feed off the earth's energy, soaking up the sun. I mean, listen, that feels good for all of us, but earth empaths will soak up any sort of earth energy. They'll seek out even vortexes, which are concentrated areas of energy in the earth, which give them solace and connection. They may not even know they're doing it. They just have a special nature spot of some sort and they go there to contemplate. Maybe it's their yard as they putter around. Maybe it's a favorite hiking spot or a creek to swim in. Maybe it's the ocean or a lake, which they feel like they need to go to. Maybe it's a place you like to visit, the desert or something, and you just feel recharged when you go there because there's a limitless source of abundant energy that the earth wants to give you. You think about it, what makes a seed grow to a flower? What makes the what makes the trees change leaves? What is that force? What is that? It's available to us too. And if we awaken to it and we embrace it, it's a beautiful feeling of grace, which just carries us from one season to the next. And we just have to jump on it and let go. And it's such a freeing feeling to just feed off that energy of the earth. Um, also, I notice with earth empaths, they do not mind getting dirty. I mean, they really don't. Like dirty nails, dirty feet, hands in the dirt, you know, because they're out there all the time. Calloused hands, sunburnt faces, windswept hair. They love their plants, gardens, their corners of land. They don't care. Uh, they connect to the microcosms of the environment ar- around them. That's how they connect to spirit and self. So they do love bringing that little sad plant back to life or placing that plant in their happy spot around the house for best sunlight. They think about it. They grow with it. They talk to them in their own way. They're engaging with a microcosm of the earth and it feeds themselves. It's kind of a mutual exchange of, of good earth empath energy back and forth to one another. They are the people who ask, you know, when, when they're away, like, hey, can you walk? my plants. I always I don't understand those people cuz I'm I'm sorry, I'm not really good with plants and I don't keep them alive and I feel really bad about that. But um those are those people. Maybe that's you. <laughs> they have knowledge and focus that others don't to see the environment's needs. You know, they love to play with the earth. They love to see what grows. They like to, you know, just kind of take information as they go. And I you know, I see all aura colors kind of doing this, but um earth empaths do it in a way that's consistent and focused and they feel a real sense of accomplishment when they can kind of work with the earth around them and and feel good about that. Lastly, um, a way that you know that you're an earth empath is your intuition is affected by the environment. So, you know, pollution, wildfires, climate change, et cetera, this can all be particularly upsetting, like I said, to all empaths, but earth empaths are unsettled in a way where they cannot not do something about it. So then they want to be active. They want to learn. They want to follow it. They want to make others aware or they want to work scientifically to prevent or create awareness, um, prevent things from happening or creating awareness uh, for helping it. Or they will just sometimes go off the grid into a total isolation over it. Again, with that off the grid green, although I see indigos doing that too. Sometimes, like they can't handle it. They see it all. Um, a lot, a lot of times, they're like, you know what? 
I maybe they don't feel like in control. They don't feel like, you know, even though I do see a lot of earth empaths going into the field of environmental engineering or some sort of environmental situations, I will see a lot of earth and nature empaths going to agriculture, farming, things like that. Um, botany, I mean, all sorts of things of that nature. But if they don't feel like, if they never found their niche and they can't quite understand how to fix it and they don't quite know how to bring the awareness to other people, they can kind of shut down from people and completely isolate. So I will see earth empaths needing to go off the grid sometimes because they cannot feel spiritually okay with other people not picking up the same information from the earth that they are. So they can't be around people that don't get it. Like, don't you see what's happening to our earth? Don't you see how we're limiting ourselves? Don't you see? You don't see it? I got to go be alone. I can't, I can't deal with people anymore or society. And so I'm going to be, those are the people on their own land with their own water collection tank. Like, screw everybody. I'm self-sufficient. <laughs> okay. So if this applies to you or somebody in your life, this is what you do. And honestly, we can all do these things. This is good for all of us spiritually. The first thing is you got to let your body just kind of flow with the earth. This is good for all of us, but sometimes letting go of the schedule you think you need and flowing into one which is more copacetic with you, it's, it's okay. Maybe like getting up, making yourself get up, maybe that's not good. Maybe you need to sleep today. Maybe you need to get up earlier. Maybe you need to get up later. Maybe you go to bed earlier. Later. You, know, you have to kind of ask your body, what do you need? Because your body is absorbing kind of the seasonal poles around you from the earth. Maybe next time you want to plan a beach day and you're just, oh, but is it going to rain? Oh, I can't go. You know, maybe you put it in your head. I'm going no matter what. I don't care. I'm just going to go. I don't care. If it rains, cool. Maybe that's not something that bothers us anymore. (laughs) If you, during COVID, a big thing was, you know, because you couldn't go to the gym, I would bike ride. My bike rides, they were like my sanctuary. And, you know, I'm in Florida and it's summer and you probably shouldn't like, go at noon. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going on my bike ride. I don't care if it's super hot and sunny. I need my bike ride. Or it's raining. It's pouring. I'm still going on my bike ride. I don't care. Like, and it helped me. It actually felt better to like sweat it out or just get soaked or what. It's like, cool. You know, I wasn't limited by my thought of what you should do based on weather. I just did it. Um, yeah, you know, and, and some people don't get it and they'll look at you like you're crazy. Like you're biking in the rain. It's like, yep, I am. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, the next thing, listen to your body. You know, you're being pulled by the earth. Like I said, to change up your routine. You know, how do the birds know where to nest? Where do the bunnies know, you know, to make their little homes? How do the salmon know their way back to the birthplace? There's a knowledge. It's available to you, but it's quiet and you have to dust yourself off to hear it. So you have to listen to your body. You have to go outside. You have to meditate. You have to take your nature walks. You got to stay away from technology when you're doing these things. And you have to listen to the cues of the earth. Mental health is super important when you're a nature empath or anybody. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, you have to listen to it. Like I said, our society tells us that a lot of this is nonsense. But if you think about it, we wouldn't be here today as a species if people didn't align with the earth for like thousands of years before today. We are so disconnected from the earth's voice and vibration, yet it's hardwired in us to be a part of it. So notice when you're low or overwhelmed or upset, tired, anxious, and take yourself 
on the lawn, lay out there, get sun, get rain, get fresh air, feel the earth around you, feel the unsettled feeling you can feel when you are out in, na- in nature. You know, when sometimes you go out, you take that lake vacation, you go camping, your phone doesn't work. What are the first few hours feel like? The first 24 hours, the first two days, you can get jittery, weird, bored, stressed out, anxious, stuck in your thoughts. That's, that's you detoxing. That's a detox when that happens. And I think people that love to RV or camp, they're aware of this. Like I, we detox when we're out here. We don't do that. We don't, we play outside. We stay outside. You need that detox. And I think people that camp or farm or work with the earth get it because that's how they feel like themselves. Again, that's where your values come back in. You feel like you have identity, you feel connected to self and spirit. Even if you're not using those words, you just feel better. You just feel better and more connected to the people around you, to yourself. You can love easier. You can feel better. You have to get disconnected. And sometimes we just have to kick ourselves out there and make ourselves awkward in nature, in in any weather, just like, you know, when you were a kid and you got kicked out to go play, you have to do it to yourself. Finally, and I think you guys are going to love this and I need to do maybe like a whole episode on this because this stuff's cool. There's something called earth medicine. Now it's kind of like an all encompassing term for those who want to deepen their relationship with the earth. It's basically like a healing practice. It's, it's, it's like working with minerals, animals, plants, just anything you feel drawn to from the earth, the earth's bounty, which makes you feel good with the intention of healing yourself. So sometimes it's like aromatherapy or making your own oils or lotions from your garden, planting good things and then eating them from, you know, from earth to table. Maybe it's even about learning about crystals and their properties, learning to live off the land, maybe some survival stuff in the wilderness I mean, it could be like, all right, I got a chicken coop. I'm learning about chickens. You know, what a whole, a whole animal husbandry culture um, in a lot of pockets of, of our country and a lot of pockets of the world is lost because of technology, you know, kind of refocusing yourself, living with the cycles of the animals, that mutual relationship between you and, and maybe an animal you're taking care of. Um, there's so many ways to get the earth medicine and you can explore things you feel drawn to in order to do just that. Sometimes it's, I don't know, working with flowers, drying flowers, drying herbs, making little teas or poultices. Um, you can make your own essential oils, making your own scrubs. I mean, there's lots of little things. It depends what you're into. Honestly, some of us are into things. Some of us aren't. It's kind of finding that thing that, you know, I really like that. And that's called earth medicine. And a lot of them do tend to be, I guess, like indigenous ways that indigenous cultures incorporated spirituality into their daily just practices of life and doing that now with the purpose of just honoring the earth's bounty. So nature empaths, in in closing here, they need nature. I mean, we all do. But I feel like nature empaths get kind of a bad rap about being cold or defocused or disjointed, or even sometimes unaware of others, or walled off. But nature empaths are most connected to the earth. I mean, that's the voice which spirit connects with them the best. It's not the sad person at the party. Like, a lot of us feel that more. Nature empaths feel 
you know, the outside energy more, earth, earth energy more than people energy. And it doesn't mean you're not an empath. It just means you're listening to a different energy, but you're still changing and alter, altering your behavior because of it, which is what empaths do. Um, that's their own span. That's, you know, nature empaths, that's their own special talent and takeaway. That's where they feel that which is greater than us the most. And I read so many people and I read a lot of people who have loved ones in their lives and it does end up being green people a lot, I have to say, uh, and are not listening to those nature empath polls and they need to feel connected again, but they distract with technology or work or they stay in because, you know, and sometimes with green people, it's it's harder to get them to kind of change their behavior a little bit because they get stuck in their ruts or stuck in their patterns. But I'll read a lot of you guys and you have like your spouses, you know, are a green and then you know they need to go outside more because they're like in and they're on their video games or they're on their computer or they're in their office all day and you know they need to go out and do something, but they're not. And I read a lot of people, you know, your kids are that way and you know they need to go out and do something, but they're stubborn about it. And they basically need to understand the power of earth empathy, of their earth empath abilities. And all, and all of us do have an inner earth nature empath connection because we are part of this earth and it is part of us. We're part of it. It's a cycle, but some more than others. But we can all awaken it and see what we can do to get that bond really going between us and the earth. So if you do have like a stubborn person in your life that's not doing something and you feel like they should, sometimes... Sometimes spirit will give like suggestions, like with green people, for example, um, well, anybody, but kind of throwing yourself into something like, you know what? I'm starting a garden. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to do it. Or I'm, or sometimes it's something active. Like I'm going to learn how to whitewater raft, or I'm going to learn how to paddleboard or something like just, I'm going to learn how to surf, like throw themselves into something that's nature beast, but also a challenge And that can make them kind of move along a little bit more, be more connected in nature. Because again, remember, the collective ego wants the disconnect from the earth. They want, the collective ego wants us not to connect with that. So I want to hear ways that you've been increasing your nature empath awakening, how you work with the earth and earth medicine ways. I'd love to hear about that um, on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page and we can discuss. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So it was weird because we just started recording and then the lights all turned off down here. We're still in the haunted basement <laughs> in we Buffalo. Talk about nature empaths. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, yeah, nature empaths. You know, all the time I see people who don't think they're empaths because they don't relate to the traditional emotional empath thing that usually we talk about on here. You see mostly on social media or whatever, but really they're nature empaths. They're altering their behavior based on what they pick up from the world, the natural world around them. So I'm glad I got to talk about that today. No, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I know, you know, I've a lot of times I've said, hey, am I an empath? And, you know, am I, am I indigo aura? You know, I'm just kind of joking around. But after hearing your, your, your little speech there, I really feel that I am definitely a nature empath, you know, <laughs> because I do like try to save the turtles if I see one in, in the road. Uh, I always swerve the car if I see an animal crossing. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I think I might be we, one of these nature empaths. We all have a little nature empath in us than more others or sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to be talking to a nature empath. And- yes. I've been waiting to do this interview, like I said, for a long time uh, with your dad, Lynchy. And right after this ad from BetterHelp, 
We're going to do that. Yeah, let's do that. But first, it's really important to take your mental health seriously, and BetterHelp can assist you with that. What is therapy? Honestly, it's whatever you need it to be. It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you don't know what that looks like yet. You and your therapist can figure it out together. You can get some tools to help you with just motivation, depression, anxiety, battling stress or temper, dealing with insecurity, relationships at work. Honestly, whatever you need, you don't have to be ashamed of your normal human struggles. You can start feeling better because you do deserve to be happy. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to when my therapist calls me she's just a little circle and i see her on there and we do a voice therapy session and it's really beneficial and i've gotten so much out of it it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours if you need to switch your therapist BetterHelp makes that really easy for you and free sometimes you need to find a few therapists before you get a good fit Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and know your or listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash KYA. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash K-Y-A. All right. So I'm here with John D. Lynch. This is Mystic Michaela's dad. And I just want to set the, the scene here before we get started with this interview. Uh, I am in the back corner of the basement now because the lights went out in the other part of this haunted basement. And behind me on the wall are a series of wrenches, saws. Uh, it looks like kind of that movie. Lynchy, what's that? Do you watch those horror movies? You, you ever see all those like movies where they like tear people up with all the different, uh, you know, tools? The series Saw. There you go. The, the series saw. saw. Yeah, the movie Saw. That's what it feels like. I feel at any moment in time, the guy that lives down here, we call him D, might take one of these saws and like, you know, get me in the back of the head. Is that possible? Do you think that might happen? No, no. He, he, he has a connection to this house and he wants us to be here. And uh, outside of maybe showing himself to us, uh, he is non-threatening. Okay. Have you ever met him? In life, no. No. Okay. No. Have you met him in spirit? Yes. Can you tell me about that? Oh, wow. Um, well, I was sleeping down here. Okay. And... In this disgusting basement? Yes. Okay. We would, were, were, were you sleeping in a bed? No, I was, I was uh, sleeping in my recliner. Oh, okay. That was down in the basement. Okay. Because there's a lot of spiders down here, too. But, all right, continue, continue. Well, all right, you were sleeping down here. Spiders need a place, too. Right, that's true. Um, but he appeared to me during the night. Okay. While I was sleeping, uh, I woke up, and he was standing over me. Oh, and did he, was he talking? Did he say anything to you? No, he did not say anything to me, um, which does not surprise me. Okay. Um, but you saw his, like, full body? Yes. Yes. A good-looking guy, or...? No. Yeah. He's yeah. a good looking guy, young yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Funny guy. Funny guy. He was very funny when he was alive. Oh. And he's carried that over. Did he tell you like a joke? Did he prank you? Did he make the recliner go up and down? Uh, no, not that. Although he has, with my youngest daughter, Yeah. he has tapped her on the shoulder. Okay. And he did fully appear before her. Okay. Jeans, t-shirt, the whole nine yards. Weird. 
Okay. I actually was talking to your wife earlier in the day, and she told me that once he made her breakfast. Is that true? <laughs> you could answer the question if you'd like. You want to pass? Okay, pass. Yeah, I'll pass on that one. Okay. So we were going to start the interview. Let's get the interview started. And what I do with every guest, I ask them if they're a sound mind and body. Okay. So I have three questions one about sound, one about your mind and body to make sure you're fit to be on this podcast. Are you willing to answer these three questions? Yes, I am. Okay. The first question. If you had to listen to one album in its entirety, listen to the entire album, which would it be? And I'll give you two choices. A, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour or Phil Collins' No Jacket Required? Phil Collins' No Jacket Required. Okay, that was a very answer right on point. Okay, excellent. A mind, okay? Ready for the mind question? Yes, 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 I am. Okay. You walk in on a family conversation that seems to be filled with drama. There's a lot of those around here, right? Okay. Yes. Do you, A, do you mind your own business and walk away? Or B, or do you read a good book to develop your mind? I would, it's between those two choices. Yes. I would leave the room. Okay. Because you're not really a gossip and you don't tell things that other people say. Right. Right. You're not like a big mouth or anything like that. No. Like the mouth of the north. Okay. No. Number three, body. Although I am related to the mouth of the south. (laughs) And that would be Mystic Michaela? No. She's the mouth of the east. Oh, okay. All right, number three, body. Which body of water do you prefer to swim in? A lake, an ocean, or a pool filled with children? A lake. So you, if all three, you'd pick a lake? Yes. Okay. Do you know what your aura colors are? I, I have been told it's a blue indigo green. A blue indigo green. Okay, so you have passed, and now we can continue the interview. Okay. All right, great. Good. All right, so, so Lynchy, I, I call you Lynchy, but you're, you know, your name is John Lynch. Uh, just tell me a little about yourself. Do you like, you know, grandkids? What's going on? Well, I, I always answer. You know, people will ask me how many kids I have. I said I have eight. Okay. I have my uh, two son-in-laws. I've got my two daughters, and I've got four grandchildren. Okay. So you're like uh, one of the Duggars. Of like they have like eighteen kids. So you're like I almost getting there. Would rather not be known as a Duggar because right. of all the stuff that goes on with exactly. Them. Yeah, that's not good. All right, we've we talked about that in previous episodes. All right, so you have a couple hobbies, or I don't know. Do you call them hobbies? Collecting clocks? Is that a hobby or is that a passion? That would not be, you know, it's, it's certainly, I don't consider it a hobby in as much as having kids. I don't consider having human children a hobby. Okay. So how, how many clocks in this house would you say? How many clocks do you own? Oh Roughly. gosh, it's it's under a hundred, maybe seventy five. Seventy five. Okay. Do you have a favorite? I cannot have a favorite because that would hurt the other clock's feelings. So I really, each clock fills a void within me. So, therefore, I cannot. Uh, I, I really, I, I can't say I have a favorite. Okay. So if you actually came, like, could you name one of your clocks? Like, I know there's that French clock you have, and I don't know. I, I, the French clock is my oldest. Okay. Clock. That's from 1850. So you're, what you're telling me is if you you name, let's say you name this 1850 French clock as your favorite, then mm-hmm. the other 74 clocks would be upset? Yes. And how would you know that they would be upset? I just, 
How do you know when your kids are upset? Your human kids are upset. You just well, know well, that they're upset. Well, one would cry maybe, you know. Right. Well, that- a clock might not yeah. click right. Might not click right. Right. The pendulum might be off. Okay. So you're saying if you were to name this 1850 clock as your favorite, then basically the clocks would be chiming at all different times. Everything would be askew with them. They would definitely let me know. They'd be upset. And I'd have some broken clocks that I would have to deal with. Okay. Have you ever talked to a clock? I always talk to my clocks. You talked like full conversations? Yes, I do. Could you just tell me like what a part of a conversation would be with one of these clocks? How are you doing? I am... uh, I am concerned about you. Okay. I want you to know that I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, this is what my plan is for the day. Um, I might be going to the store later on. Okay. This sounds very blue indigo to me. So th- this really does fit your aura color that you're very concerned about the clock. Do you pet them and things like that or, or no? Like would you like like an animal? Would you kind of pet it? I don't pet it, but you have to be very gentle with the right. clock. Right. And yes, I would touch the clock. The t- the clock needs to be touched. The clock mm-hmm. needs to feel yes. the energy that's within you. If it's angry energy, it's not going to work as well. Okay. And you're going to have a temperamental clock for the next couple of days. Okay. All right. I mean, that makes it. All right. So what about, what about also you have a lot of lamps. So if we go around this house, how many lamps would you say you have? I think I have approximately 45. About 45 lamps, a little bit less than the clocks. Do, yes. you, have a, what, do you have a favorite lamp? No. I, once again, it would be like having a favorite child. Okay. A human child. I do not have a favorite lamp. Each lamp fills a void in my own heart. Okay. And I feel like the, um, I consider myself an historical preservationist. Okay. At heart. So it's important for me to acknowledge the lamp's background. Okay. Family history. Right. Um, and how important they are okay. to the family. Do you buy uh, – now, it would be very easy to tell if a lamp was upset. The light bulb would go out. Right. That's easy. So has, that, has that happened to you where a lamp has gotten upset with you and all of a sudden the light bulb blew? Yes. Actually, I have two lamps now that were upset. Okay. I moved them to a different part of the house. <laughs> okay. And they did get upset. Right. And uh, while I was at a store today – I picked up – they just stopped working. Right. So I had to buy two new sockets and replace the sockets because the lamps were just refusing to work. Okay. And do you, and do you also talk to these lamps like you do the clocks? Yes, I do. You do. So what would possibly be a conversation with a lamp? Again, uh, I'm going to be going out for a little bit. I'm going grocery shopping. Is there anything you need? Okay. I'll be back in a couple hours. Now, did you say these to all 45 lamps? Because that's Uh, a lot of goodbyes. Right, right. No, it it would be, you know, each room of our house has a number of lamps in it. Okay. And it's not a huge home. Okay. So I can speak in the center of the house and the, the lamps will hear they, me. They will hear you. Right. Even, even if one was in like, let's say the back corner of the bedroom. Would hear. It, it would, would hear. hear. And, could... and it's important to know that you have, you have, it's important that when we, when someone enters my home, they leave their stress and tension at the door. Right. 
and they only bring in right. joy okay, and accept the peace that's okay. within the house. And that helps the plants as well as the lamps and okay. the clocks. Okay. And how many Pepsis do you drink a day? Oh, gee. Um, well, I'm down to six. Six, uh, 16 ounce? 20 ounce. 20 ounce. Six 20 ounce Pepsis a day. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to, to the, the nature empath of this uh, interview, which is really what we want to get at. Uh, so plants. Plants are, are huge for you. Mm-hmm. You have many, many plants. Mm-hmm. Um, how does working with these plants uh, make you feel? Like when, when, you're, when you're doing your plant, I don't know what is it called, plant work? I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, it's not gardening, right? It's, you know. I'm raising my kids. So I'm the plant, raising so, my plants. Okay, so how does it make you feel when you're raising your plants? It really honestly makes me feel very much at peace. Okay. Um, I know that I'm doing some good. I know that a plant will respond to you the same way you will present yourself to the plant. Plants okay. are, they're living, they breathe, they love music, generally softer music, at least my plants do. And they are, um, they give me a lot of peace. I love my plants. Okay. So you have this mother plant. Oh, yes. So what, do you, do you, do you name your plants, by the way? Yes, I do. And do you name the, by the way, do you, I should have asked you, do you name the clocks and the lamps? Uh, no. No. no, Okay. But you name the plants. The plants I do, yes. So is this mother plant that you have, Mm -hmm. is it it mother plant or does she have a name? The mother. She's called the mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how many plant children does she have? She doesn't have any biological children. Okay. She has, right now, she's currently fostering five young plants okay. from a different family. Do you know the origins of that family? Uh, unfortunately, I don't. Okay. And it's important, and, uh, it's important that... It would be really important and very good if I did. Right. But these plants... So, like, if anything ever to happened be, to them, you know, like, their, their medical history. You need to be involved yes. with these plants. Yes. And, and right now, the mother plant, unfortunately, was not doing as well. I had her outside, as I do each year. But okay. unfortunately, she was not doing as well outside. So I had to bring her in. Okay. And... Um, she's doing much better now, and she seems to be even doing better now that she has a... Uh, a purpose okay and you can see her you can notice her leaves are like embracing these younger plants so like you said you had she has five foster plant children yes do you know these are named or they're just like brother sister uh they're brother sister i have not named them yet um i'm kind of disappointed in myself for not doing that do you have a name that you possibly are thinking of uh like charles i Need to find out. I would like to find out more of their history if I can. And then you would name them. And then I would name them. They, I know that they're tropical plants. Okay, so you might want more tropical type names. Right. I would like to find out what part of the world right. they may originate, and then from that that right. information, I would name them. Okay, you can name them after like drinks, like a Bahama Mama or something like that. Not alcohol. No. Okay. No. Do you ever give your plants alcohol? Never. Okay. Good. Never. Um, so here's an interesting thing. We were we were we went we went down to East Aurora today. If anyone East Aurora, New York, and uh, we went to a place called Viddlers. Mm-hmm. Really fun, you know. 
five and dime shop, really they have all these neat little toys and everything. And on the way back, there was this huge nursery. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I know you love plants. I said, hey, you know, Lynchy, I want to take you here. I'm going to get you a plant. That was very nice of you. Yes. I, you know, I want to buy you something. And you told me, no way. There's no way I'm ever going to buy a plant from a nursery. And I didn't, could you, I, could you explain why? Let me preface it by saying I okay. responded in a way yes. that may not have been too nice for you. I, I, I so much appreciated that question. But what I'm more concerned about is these plants at these um, nurseries yeah. are going to get good homes. Right. They're like a breed a specific breed, and they will get good homes. Like So like like a Siberian Husky, right. if it was a dog. Right. They're not hybrids. They're going to get good homes. Yes. Um, what I like to do and what I prefer to do is to foster plants and eventually adopt them. Plants that would be otherwise thrown out. Okay. Um, somebody may not want to care for the plants anymore. Okay. Which let me say is very upsetting for a plant. Right. Uh but I've got a, I've got a number of those plants okay, that so, I have taken in. So in essence, what you're telling me is, if you went to a nursery, nursery that would be the same as going to like a pet store for a, a dog, instead of going to the shelter. Right. Do they? Now I don't know this. You, you're a pan, the plant guy, not me. Do they have like we we got our cat at Peggy Adams shelter? Do they have shelters for plants? No. Oh no. So, so they where don't. Would, where would you find these these plants? You would find them at. Uh, well, for example, there was a, a, yeah. we have a store here, the Salvation Army. Okay, and they had a plant in their front window, right, covered with dust, not looking real healthy. Oh my god! It was very upsetting to see, and this plant was slowly dying. Right. I wasn't. Uh, I, I was so surprised that they wanted eight dollars for this plant, but I paid it. Okay. And I brought him home. Keep it together, Lynchy. I know the indigo is coming out right now. It was just, It was very upsetting. Yeah. And I took in this plant and I very carefully, by hand, rinsed its leaves off, uh, bought new potting soil for it. Plants need vitamins. Right. Like a, any child needs vitamins. So, and uh, I... What I will do to my plants as well, I did it to this one, is that what you know periodically I will put them in the sink and I try to imitate what it would be like if rain were hitting their leaves. So I take the sprayer right. and I just spray the plants for a period of time. Um, that way they move around and it and it imitates rainfall. Okay. Now let me let me ask you one more question about that plant that you saw in the window. It was covered with dust and dying. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like the owner of the store or whoever the worker, do you feel like anger towards that person? Yes. That they were treating this plant so horribly? I do. You've got to be very careful though. Yeah. Because I don't want to put anyone on the defensive. Right. I want them to sell me the plant or give me the plant. Right. And I don't want it, I don't want it to become too upset or show that I'm upset okay. for fear that they will say, you know. You can't buy it. Leave my store, it's not for sale. Right. Or maybe they'll just take the plant and throw it in a garbage bin. Right, exactly. Yeah. What, do you have 
funerals if a plant dies? Like, would you have a funeral? What do you do if a plant dies? Oh, gee. That is so... Oh, that, that is very emotional for me. I do get very upset when a plant dies. Yeah. I feel that somewhere I have, somehow I have, I am the cause for that plant to die. Really? Yes. Okay. So if it, it, it yeah, okay. It hits me hard. It does. Um, but when a plant dies, what I will do is I will, I have an area outside. Yeah. That is, uh, has a very nice soil topsoil vitamin enriched right and i will talk to the plant i will say thank you for giving me the time that you have right so it's a little bit of like a little funeral it's a little funeral i'll you, talk to the plant i'm very you know, yeah i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry for the plant and i will bury the plant because the plant then will uh be then part of the soil, which will help another plant grow. Now, you are Irish, so do you play, like, bagpipes? Is there bagpipes? Is there oh Danny Boy in the background? No, or, no. but the plants do respond. The plants they do. love they soft do. music. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, when they die, is there funeral music? Maybe an Amazing Grace? I don't know. No, I just say kind of just a, you know, a little prayer, and I just, I talk to them. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry that this had to happen okay. to do, you. Do you remember the last plant that died? I have not had a. I have not had a plant die on me in quite a while, mm. and I'm very blessed with that. It is. So I really cannot remember the last plant that died. All right. I mean, you definitely seem like you are a nature empath here. I mean, I, if there's anyone who doubted that, and I doubted it, I was really the only one that doubted. This it. is not. You know, I'm but serious yeah, you about are. this. No, I, I am I, serious about this. Hundred percent. Now, let's just go on to animals a little bit. You just got a. We just bought you a parakeet. Yes. You have. Taking Roger. Roger the parakeet. Well, if, he, if he's a boy, we're not sure. He's Right now he's non-binary because we don't know if it's a boy or a girl or whatever. Right. Um, so if it's a boy, it's going to be Roger. And if it's a girl... It'll be Emma, Emma. your daughter, uh, Abby, right. actually. Named Emma. So, up the name Emma. Emma. So do, we talked about the clocks. We talked about the lamps. We talked about the plants. When you deal with animals, such as Roger the parakeet, mm-hmm. is there another level... That you take that to, or is it really the same level as the plants, the lamps, and the clocks? Or does your empathy even get greater? I I feel everybody take you know each one of my interests take in energy their own way. Okay. With Roger, yes. or with my cat Junior, right? Um, they will talk to me. Actually, I can you know they will verbally talk to me. And they will let me know what's going on. Yeah. And um, Roger, you know, this is his first home, if it indeed is a boy. This is his first home. And, you know, he was raised in a box. He was transported in a box. He was in a, in a pet store. Right. So this is his first home. And I need to build that trust. He's 12 weeks old. Right. So I need to build that trust. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. And, you know, I, you've always had animals. You know, you used to have, you know, dog, a lot of dogs, Ben, right? Ben. Oh, Ben, um, yes. You had uh, rabbits, everything, chickens. Horses. Horses. Now, one of my favorite animals that you ever had, of course, she passed, was Gladys the chicken. Oh, yes. Could you tell, tell us your fondest memories of Gladys the oh. chicken? Gladys brought so many people joy. Right. She did. 
in her life. She sure did. And they, they, she brought people, they, she made people laugh. Yeah. So there was a lot of positive energy right. around her. Right. And, uh, you know, I bonded with her immediately as she did with me. So she would follow me around the yard. Right. Um, I raised her in our home. Yes, you did. We had a fence in the yard, so I let her go, go outside on mm-hmm. a good day. She could go outside. She'd follow me while I was cutting the lawn. Right. And uh, uh, she would take showers. By herself? By herself. Okay. And uh, she loved taking a shower. With you or by herself? By herself. Okay. Uh, I had to keep an eye on her. So you went into the shower with her? No, it was a stand-up shower. Okay. So I could keep an eye. She loved it. Was there ever a point where you and Gladys were in the shower together? No. You sure? Yes. Okay. No. I have, that, I have, I have pictures. No. Okay. That is okay. no. Yeah. Uh, no. The kids used to, you know. Scott. Used to think Michaela. Oh, my you know, God. Yeah, no. Just snapped a picture once. God. All right, continue. No. All right, so you guys never showered together. No. All right, all right. I made that up. Okay. Oh. All right, I made it up. Oh my god. All right. I just wanted to make sure of your. No. Your, okay. All right. Oh. All right. Continue. Continue. And then you. And you. All right. So, so you had Gladys. You had chickens. You had bunnies. What about Ben? Oh, Ben. Oh. Each like with my plants, clocks, whatever. Yeah. Ben, plants. Each one of my animals fills a void, yeah. and when that void. You know, so that's why I can't have a, I don't have a favorite. Right. Ben filled a rather large void in my life. Yeah. Because he came from a, uh, an abused place. Yeah. She had, he had been a, um, oh, what do they call it? A, a bait dog. A bait dog. Oh. So the, the dogs that were in dog fights would uh, practice with him. So he was he was damaged. Well, that but makes, aren't we all that, damaged in some yes. ways? And that makes complete sense because one time, as you know, Ben bit me in the you know where. And he did not do that on purpose. <laughs> uh, you sure? He did not do that on purpose. <laughs> he didn't bite me in the nuts for, no, on purpose. No, okay, all right, no. All right. No, he did not do that on, he did right, not right. do that on purpose. That's he true. was distracted by another dog on the beach. Right. You were throwing sticks right. to him and he was retrieving them. Right. And as he was retrieving the stick, he noticed the dog, which Megan had, Megan was concerned about on the beach. Right. And he wasn't looking. Right. And as he went to snap down on the branch, okay, fine. Okay. He, you know, he, he bit, did something, he, but he he wasn't, some, yeah. it wasn't his fault. Okay. All right. Well, look, if there's any doubt, there's no doubt anymore. You are definitely green. This sounds very green and indigo to me, blue, indigo, whatever. Um, all right. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we kind of wrap up? I really only have one more question for you and, that, and that's it. It's just, you know, I just want people to know that, you know, all, all things take in your energy. Okay. Furniture takes in your energy. Right. Um, I collect Eastwood, East Lake furniture. Yes. From the 1800s. And okay. it's important for me, as you well know, it's like, is it, you know, because they're old, right. it's important that how you, you learn how to sit on it, right? how you take care of it, where you place it in a room, yes, depending on its strength. Okay. So it is, um, you know, it's important to just, you know, be it with plants, animals, furniture, lamps, clocks, it's important to acknowledge them as 
you know, you appreciate, you know, you appreciate the tree because the tree gave the wood used in making yeah. this beautiful piece of furniture um, or of the course. cabinet now, for the clock. All right. My last question before we clear, clear out is, look, I want to know this. How many, I, your record, what is your record for the most ice cream sandwiches you've eaten in a 24-hour period? So in 24 hours, what is the most ice cream sandwiches you have eaten? Oh, gee. Um, well, in 24 hours, I yeah. would say 25. You know, I, would, I ate two pack, two, two 12 pa- packers. Yeah, two 12 packers. So 24 in 24 hours. Right. All right. On that note. I well, think, yeah. You, 24 in about four hours. 24 in about four hours. Okay. With the six 20-ounce Pepsis. Well, I'm down to that now, yes. Right. Oh, you were higher than that? <laughs> you yes. used to drink more than six 20-ounce Pepsis? Yeah, you're talking about five or six two-liter bottles. Five in a day? In a, in a day. 24-hour period? Yes. Okay. Scientists might eventually want, other green people might want to eventually study your body. I really don't have any <laughs> major issues with my right. health. Right, right. So. Right. No, you know. that's great. That's fantastic. All right. So, Lynchy, you are a member of the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. So if people do want to check you out, you know, you, you do sometimes post on the page once in a while. You do chime in. Yes. Uh, is there any projects you're working on that you'd like people to know about? Uh, what I'm doing now is I want to um, develop an environment for Roger. And my granddaughters are helping me. Um, with this, with this room, with the, with Roger's space, um, you know, he needs mirrors. He needs toys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> who's the bird? No, he knows the bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. No, no, it's, something hit my leg. <laughs> you know, that that's that probably yeah, yeah. that's my most most recent yeah. project that I'm doing right. is just okay. Working to All right. develop a place for him. All right. We're going to bring Mystic Michaela back for one second so you don't have to – my voice won't be the last one you hear. Well, thank you. And I, I do want to say one more thing. Or, or Lynchies. I do what? appreciate um, you having me on. And yes. I do appreciate how at your house – Yes. When I've been to your home. Yes. You have plants in your home that you've had from day one. Right. That are in constant bloom. Yes. And I, 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 I treat my plants well. Yes, you do. And All I appreciate right. that. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Lynchy, for doing this interview. It's been an incredible experience for me as well. Thank you. All right, Mr. Michaela, let's wrap this up. You know, he was talking about our fake plants, right? <laughs> That's what he was talking yes. about? Because he makes fun of me because I can't keep plants alive. Oh, I'm terrible. Yes, you do kill plants. I, I know. I'm sorry, oh, Dad. Oh, my gosh. And um, he was talking about our, our plastic plants that I've never changed. Like, we lived there yeah. 10 years, and they don't change. I mean, so if he's not greed and indigo, I don't know who is. I mean, Seriously. Was, yeah. All right. He's my nature empath dad. Yeah. And I'm so glad he came on. And take care, all of you. You know, this podcast is for you and about you. And I'm so glad that you spent some time with us today. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the water. 
Walkman, there's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. (laughs) 